Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Sobel. Where you can master the art of enriching your life. What kind of kindergarten shit is this? And finding a path to financial freedom. Who the fuck was supposed to teach me how to do my taxes? So sit back, relax, and step into the Rich Room. You know I can't help these because they know they can never touch these. Welcome to the Rich Room Podcast, everyone. I'm preparing for my 35th birthday on December 20th. We can't lie about our age anymore with the internet, and honestly, why should we? I gotta say that I'm proud of these almost 35 years. So my birthday is December 20th, and I will be spending it solo, which I'm good with. I've decided to book myself a lavish spa day at the Four Seasons Hotel in Miami. There is a massage specifically designed for major life changes, and your girl's got them. Divorce, career change, empty nester, Yahtzee. And it's a two-hour fucking massage. If it was allowed, I would go for three. The only thing that I would be concerned with is having to pee. (laughs) I love a massage. The oils, the scents, the pressure, the soothing music and the background. It's magnificent. Then I booked a 75-minute rejuvenating facial. Needless to say, I am excited. And I'm really glad that I did that. Because being alone in a new city for your birthday, which also happens to be a few days away from Christmas, which you are also spending solo... It has the potential to go dark, and I don't need those kinds of problems. My daughter Madison is taking me out for my birthday. We're going to dinner at this fabulous rooftop restaurant here in Miami, and I'm excited to put together a real Luke. It's been at leisure and sweats for months now, so it will be nice to have an occasion to switch it up for. So, are y'all ready for Christmas? Hanukkah? Christmaka? My Christmaka decorating theme is mixed metals. I can't take credit for the term Christmaka. That is a term coined by Seth Cohen from the OC, which ran from 2003 to 2007. 20 fucking years ago. Oh my God. The OC stars Peter Gallagher and his eyebrows. I absolutely love Sandy Cohen. Oh my gosh, and when Ryan carries Marissa after he finds her on the streets in Tijuana? Oh my god, chills. The OC was a very good show, and I recently started rewatching it. Although, there were some surprising fashion trends at the time. First off, low-rise jeans. I understand someone is trying to make those come back, but please don't. Those are meant for a specific body type, and it ain't mine. It's like the low-rise jeans cut you at the worst possible place on your hips. Even Marissa Cooper had a slight muffin top, and she was basically a skeleton back then. Another thing that I see across the board in the OC is a cap sleeve. Whoever invented the cap sleeve should be disgusted with themselves. It doesn't look good on really anyone's arm. The cap sleeve had its run in 2003 on the OC, and I think it's time that the cap sleeve die a slow death. 
that would be something to celebrate. Even though I'm not participating in the holidays, I like to celebrate. I mean, it's the end of the year, so let's just celebrate anything. Something to celebrate is that I finally received my DNA results. And as Maury confirmed, I am the father. And I'm the mother. Well, obviously not genetically, but like literally. All jokes aside, I finally got my DNA results and turns out I'm 100% that bitch. Not kidding. No, but seriously, I got my DNA results from 23andMe. I did Ancestry years ago, but I couldn't find my results. So I purchased a kit from 23andMe, spit in the little tube, and shipped that shit off to be analyzed. And I finally received my results, and I am very excited to share them. The leader on today's genetic board is Italian, coming in at a whopping 27.7%. I knew that I have Italian heritage from my dad's mom. Her family was Italian, but 27.7% is high. And it's the largest component of my genetic makeup. Maybe I should have learned some Italian next. The runner-up in my genetic makeup is the strong-arm Ashkenazi Jew, coming in at 24.7%. I knew this would come up, but I wasn't sure at what percentage. So, it's hard to argue with this. You know my stance. I'm Jew-heavy on the ish. But 23andMe might disagree. And 23andMe doesn't give a fuck whether I do Shabbat, go to temple, have a bat mitzvah, none of it. I've participated in none of it except when my daughter has asked me to, but not for myself. So here we are. Hanukkah begins, oh my God, on December 7th. That's the day the podcast comes out. Hanukkah begins on December 7th. Happy Hanukkah, bitches. I even got my Hanukkah socks on. Look at that shit. Wait, can I get a little shot in my socks? Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. That's enough. Shabbat shalom, bitches. I'm about to go watch Fiddler on the Roof and sing the fuck out of those songs. To life, to life, l'chaim. The next one was shocking, but I'm excited. At 20.5%, the third highest percentage of my genes, in those genes, is a combination of British and Irish. The two regions where I share the most DNA with other people is in Dublin, Ireland, and Glasgow City, which I looked up is in Scotland, which is in Britain, which is fucking confusing, but whatever. Those are all the major ones. Italian, Ashkenazi Jew, and a combination of British and Irish. I love this for me. Next up is a 4.4% combination of French and German. This makes sense, but it's a lot smaller than I thought. My last name is French, but like, what's in a name? The next small genetic chunk is a 3.2% Eastern European, specifically the area around Budapest. I love the song Budapest by George Ezra. Now I know why. My house in Budapest, my na 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 Anatolian, which is apparently a peninsula above the eastern Mediterranean. Then we have 1% Scandinavian, which refers to the area comprised of Norway, Sweden, Denmark, and Iceland. 
I could go to Iceland and see the Northern Lights. And then we have 0.8% North African, which is the region where it's like Libya, Morocco, close to Egypt, let my people go. Next up, we have 0.1% Greek. I knew there was a reason I went to Greece. This is all making sense, quite frankly. And the last little bit, we have 0.1% Southern Indian and Sri Lankan. You know what this tells me? I need to travel. There was one more thing that showed up on my DNA results that was weird. So, I have 0.1% DNA unassigned. So, 23andMe couldn't even, like, evaluate it. Which makes me think I'm part alien. So... Do with that what you will. Alien superstar. That should be, that's the unassigned 0.1%. 0.1% alien superstar. That makes sense. I see that. I also got my health and my genetic traits analyzed. My health is good. I have none of the genetic carriers, which is amazing to know. The traits are off a bit. The report got some of the traits wrong. It's not wrong. It's just that I'm in a really small percentage of the people who have that specific trait. Like, the report says... I'm not likely to have dimples. I have one. Where is it? I gotta find it. She comes out every now and then. Where are you, bitch? I don't fucking know. Maybe I don't have a dimple. No, I do. It's cute. It's on the right side. It's cute. I found her. She was sleeping. The report also says that I am more likely to have a fear of public speaking, and I really don't. It also says that I am likely to have light, straight hair. Nah. I got curls kinky ones. I'm in the sixth percentile of people, I guess with a similar genetic makeup, who have curls. The report also said that I am not likely to have a widow's peak, and I do. I have always had it. I used to hate it. I would actually, this is kind of gross, I would actually pluck out the hair so I didn't have to have it because I didn't like it. But I let it grow back, and she's doing okay. She's doing good. I am in the 33rd percentile of people who have widow's peaks. All of this tells me that I am unique. Unique? (laughs) That's what you are. That's what I am. So Salt Lake City's been pretty good. Um, I don't know if there was the last episode, but it was a recent episode uh, where Whitney and Justin wore matching Gucci outfits when they attended couples therapy. I I just have to burn them for it because they were horrible. They were kind of cringy. They both had the exact same Gucci t-shirt on in the exact same color. I feel like outfits are fair game to talk shit about because it's like, it's a choice you made, right? You could take the outfit off. It's, It's not you, right? The bathtub discussion was kind of a snooze fest. So Meredith is sick and wants a bathtub and everyone else got a bathtub but Meredith. These bitches are acting like they've never had a bathtub before. And Meredith is acting like a shower won't do the trick in warming her up and making her feel better. It's kind of annoying. The Heather-Whitney-Lisa love triangle has my eyes crossed. Heather has like so many chips on her shoulder about Lisa and Whitney's friendships. All the chips. Ooh, my favorite chips are are by this brand called Bonito. And they are black bean chips. They go really fucking good with Zoe's queso. Not the hot queso, but the mild queso. The hot queso tastes like garbage. But I cannot find these chips anywhere here in Miami. I used to get them regularly at Rouse's in New Orleans, but I haven't found them here. Maybe I'll try Publix. 
But I think Whitney is right on the nose that Heather is meddling in Whitney's and Lisa's friendship. I just think that Heather's attempts to meddle, like, go over Lisa's pretty head. God bless Meredith. Her attempts to covertly send Monica information about Angie being in the Greek mafia are really transparent. Next week's episode looks pretty damn good. Potomac had another good episode. The scene where NECA is trying to explain to everyone the communication timeline regarding the shrine allegations is a very good example on why jury trials are so difficult. Because the ability to convey a message or a story to people is not something that is actually easy to do. And I would think that NECA would be better at it given that she's an attorney, but she's in-house for a tech firm and probably doesn't see a lot of litigation and in a jury or in a group setting, you really got to feed shit to people on a silver spoon for them to get it. Like these ladies even have background knowledge on the shrine situation and still could not get clarity on the communication timeline. Here's my conclusion. Everyone is lying. It appears that Happy Eddie is lying about being friends with Ike on Facebook because he keeps dodging the question. Wendy seems to be lying about knowing Necka's cousin and in fact had Necka's cousin in a ceremony at Wendy's daughter's sip and see. Sounds like you know her. And Necka might be lying about her age. There's a scene earlier in this most recent episode where Necka and her husband go to the fertility doctor and Necka says she's only 35. Okay, well then, in the fight with Wendy later, Necka says, never in my 40 years of life. These housewives better lock it up because I have a set of specific skills that are now being applied to finding inconsistent statements by the real housewives of every franchise. I'm sure my parents are very proud. Let's just go ahead and get the real housewives chatter out the way. So Real Housewives of Beverly Hills aired recently and we finally get to see the THC CBD dinner. And this THC dinner is wasted on these Beverly Hills hoes. Most of them do zero THC in their food. And I think the highest amount of THC that anyone got was five milligrams. I think this is what the kids mean when they say shake my head. This is why we need a stoner housewife. I renew my request to Andy Cohen for a stoner housewife. We used to have stoner movies. They were hilarious. But what happened to that? We should cast Seth Rogen as a real housewife of Beverly Hills. But I have to mention Sutton Strack. Sutton Strack, after the dinner, pulled a joint out of her purse and lit it up at the dinner table inside. I was like, oh my God, color me surprised. She redeemed herself a little bit. Y'all, I gotta say, I think I like Erica Jane better with a little more meat on her bones. She looks great and she's really slimmed down, but I was watching old Beverly Hills episodes and I thought Erica's just more attractive then. Maybe it's just her interview outfit. The pink one, the pink and like white latex one with like the silver tie. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad to me. Denise Richards seemed to be on another planet during this dinner and claimed that she had only smoked weed two times in her life and had zero CBD, zero THC in her food. She tries to confront Erica... But Honey is off in outer space. Denise thought, I think, that she could trigger Erica, but Erica has this newfound zenness, and Denise has a very hard time articulating 
why she's upset with Erica. It's like, okay, Denise, show us on the doll where Erica hurt you. I mean, no one could get clarity on what the issue is. And I think the issue is, is that Denise was just trying to be relevant. And she actually kind of looked wacky. Not in a good way. Garcelle is doing it for me this season in the fashion realm. I love every single outfit that she has put together so far. And I really like the outfit she wore to the THC dinner. I actually have a skirt like the one she wore to that weed dinner. It's like the see-through, sparkly, dark gray skirt. And Garcelle paired it with a black blazer. And I have a black blazer. And I might wear a Garcelle-inspired outfit to my birthday dinner with Madison. Because when you have the blazer, it covers your ass. So you don't have to be showing off anything. But you still get, like, the see-through effect going through. But you still get the see-through effect on the skirt. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I have to say, I love Cynthia Bailey. Actually, Cynthia Bailey did have THC in her meal. She should move to Beverly Hills and be on the show. Uh, But I have to say, I always appreciate a housewife crossover. On to something a little more serious. I have heeded the concerns with the sound and have finally fixed the issue, I think. And the issue with the sound was the operator, which is me. I have this lovely mic from Best Buy, but... I didn't realize that the default mic setting on my computer is for the computer microphone. So I have rectified the issue and the sound appears to be working well. As always though, please text me with any hot tips on how I can improve at 504-224-9919. So I saw the Renaissance film last Thursday with my daughter Madison. We were both in casual wear, but still in Renaissance theme. I wore a Renaissance sweatshirt and silver disco skirt with sneakers. Madison wore black pants, black tank, and a silver sequin fringe jacket. But we were the only ones who were dressed up, though. But whatever, we committed. The Renaissance film was absolutely amazingly. Honestly, as expected, but it was different from anything that Beyonce has ever done. The film has done really, really well. It received 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. The film grossed $11.5 million on its opening day, breaking the record for the biggest post-Thanksgiving opening Friday of all time. The record was held by The Last Samurai at $8.4 million, which premiered 20 years ago. I guess this goes without saying, but it's number one at the box office. And I'm wondering if the film will be nominated for an Oscar. Is that right, Oscar? Yeah. Most importantly, we finally know who the queen dubbed the winner of the Mute Challenge. For those of you who don't know, the Mute Challenge took place at every show. There's a point in the song when Beyonce says, Look around, everybody on mute. And when Beyonce says, Mute, everyone in the whole damn stadium shuts their mouth and basically freezes for like, Three to five seconds. Until Beyonce comes back in and says, Look around, it's me and my crew. Big energy. Oh, so great. There was a ton of mute challenge footage shown during the film. Of various shows on the tour, of this specific moment, of this mute challenge. And people started sharing videos on social media saying that they won the mute challenge. 
Well, in New Orleans, when we did the mute challenge, it was the most deafening but screaming silence I have ever heard. It's like the most, it's like the silence echoed off the top of the Superdome back into the crowd. It was wild. You could feel it. And when Beyonce came back in, she said, look around, it's me and my crew. Y'all did that. So, what sealed the deal in confirming that Beyonce deemed New Orleans the winner of the Mute Challenge was her inclusion of the New Orleans show where she said, y'all did that. That was at the New Orleans show on September 27th. I was present, Beyonce was present, and New Orleans did that. But really, we are all winners because the film was fucking fantastic. Unlike Beyonce's other films documenting her shows, we saw a more raw, behind-the-scene look. The film focused a lot on the massive work put into the large-scale production. It was very interesting, it was very informative and educational, and I didn't even realize how much work went into one of those shows. And they travel all across the world. That's just insane to me. You know, I've seen some Beyonce hate of late, which is to be expected when someone's success is this great. It's not just monetary success either, it's cultural success. Beyonce created a community. She created a place of freedom and no judgment. She created the judgment-free zone. Beyonce is Planet Fitness. I'm just kidding. I would never besmirch Beyonce's good name with Planet Fitness stain. But seriously, she created a community. She has a massive audience who will plan their whole year around her tour and then pay money to go see a movie about the show they just saw. But honestly, there were so many elements in the show live that there was no way you could take it all in in one sitting. So I really hope that the film is released for purchase because I will buy that. I kind of feel like Beyonce took a page out of the jam band handbook. Jam bands, I feel, are the OGs of a cult following. People will spend all of their money, travel all over the country, buy hella merch. Oh, Shit. Wait, that reminds me. I have to get merch from Beyonce's latest drop. Hold on. Hold, please. Okay, I had to write that down. People don't only see these jam bands one time. People go on tour. So why? Why do people do this? Well, as a frequent flyer of the jam band scene, I would say that people are compelled to attend these events because of the community of people it draws. People who just want to hear some amazing music, express themselves without judgment, and have a fantastic time. Fish is a major jam band and very well known, who is actually set to play the Vegas Sphere, which I can imagine will be quite the experience. I read an article one time that Jay-Z sat in during Fish's set in 2004 at the Brooklyn Bowl, and they played two songs together, Big Pimpin' and 99 Problems. Can you imagine Fish playing Big Pimpin'? <laughs> and apparently Jay-Z had a great time and was intrigued by the cult following that Fish has. And I feel like Beyonce implemented the same mentality. Because there ain't no Jay-Z hive, you know what I'm saying? There's only a beehive, for which I am a card-carrying member. Sharp turn, how does a 34-year-old make friends? So... Although I'm not lonely, I've become very aware that I am hella alone, which is fine, but at some point I'm going to have to make some friends. The only consistent person I see is a landscape guy outside of the T-Mobile building. 
He seems to be tending to the landscape outside of the building when I pass by on my morning walks, and we wave to each other. But really, how does a 34, nearly 35-year-old in about three weeks, on December 20th, I welcome all gifts, how does someone in their 30s make friends? My new best friend is going to have to knock on my door or show up at Target at some time, and I don't really give off a friendly vibe in the store. Oh my God, speaking of Target... I had the loveliest Target run to my favorite Target store in Miami. Now, there are a shit ton of Targets in Miami, but my favorite Target is in Little Havana. It's pretty close to my house, and it's almost like a super Target, and it also has an Ulta inside of it, which is so fucking convenient. So, I'm on my way to Target the other day, and the traffic is bad. The traffic seems to usually be heavy at any time of the day, but I'm sure at rush hour, it's nuts. But thankfully, I don't have to deal with that. Now, there are some really tough areas in traffic to get through, like where it's very hard to see, so someone really has to let you in. Now, I was doing the Lord's work on my way to Target and letting people go in front of me in traffic. And then I saw this white Range Rover was like my teammate. And we were both helping people get into traffic from various intersections. And we didn't even know each other, but we were working together as a team. It was lovely. When I got to Target, I decided it was time to get a knife set. And I picked out this lovely knife set with like a white accent handle. It is so chic and modern. I fucking love it. I've never gotten so excited about knives before. So if someone breaks into my house and I use these knives in self-defense, just know the perp went down in style. Okay? I also needed to get blue pens at Target. You should know this about me. I absolutely love office supplies. I get a legitimate high when a pen slides effortlessly across a piece of paper. And of course, I have a favorite brand of pens. This has literally been my favorite pen since college. I have been using the same brand of pen for over 10 years. So the only pen out there worth a damn is the Uniball Vision Elite Bold Point Roller Pen. So I had to settle for a Sharpie pen at Target, which, gross. I mean, Sharpie is fine, but it doesn't glide. Sharpie should stick to markers. It's like the glide you experience when scissors glide across wrapping paper without catching it all. It's like all is right in the world. But not with the Sharpie pens, but that's okay. Then I made my way over to the food section in Target. I honestly have not taken the time to plan a meal to cook. And honestly, I haven't even gotten all the kitchen essentials needed to create and execute a lovely meal. So, I've been eating frozen meals. But not like Stouffer's or anything. I think the brand is called Amy's or something. And they are all these plant-based frozen meals. And they are delicious. But when I was perusing the frozen food aisle, I was scanning the signs indicating each section of food. And I came across a section that said, Single Serve Meals. Ugh, that cut me. I'm alone. Just kidding. But sometimes getting your food from the single serve section doesn't feel great. And then you realize that your favorite Ghirardelli dark chocolate sea salt caramels are conveniently located on the outer aisle where the kitty litter and cat food is located. So I'm in this weird single woman algorithm in Target. And I'm okay with it. Whatever, y'all. Well, you know, I'm getting my TV installed on Friday, and the Best Buy guy called me to check in on my installation, and whenever he was getting off the phone, he said, 
Okay, my love. So, maybe there's something there. I can't wait to go back to Target. Maybe I will meet a friend in Target, but that's highly unlikely. I need to leave my home more. Maybe I need to join some activities. Are there any housewives clubs where we can drink champs and watch housewives together and talk shit? Even if someone did deliver a best friend to my fucking door, it doesn't matter because I hide when people knock on my door. I literally hit the deck down to avoid someone seeing me. And I'm not changing. I did meet a really lovely woman who owns a physical therapy and Pilates studio. I have this chronic pain in my upper back for years and in and recently I developed persistent hip pain on the left side. Throw in some neck pain and we have a fucking party. It's not so bad and it's obviously something that I've lived with, but I made an appointment to get a physical therapy evaluation. And I felt so relieved because the woman evaluating me instantly knew what was going on. I got more answers in that session than I've gotten in over 10 years. Like five minutes into the evaluation, she was like, I'm pretty sure you have hypermobility. And I'm like, well, yes, I do have hypermobility in my shoulders, in my elbows, in my knees, in my hips. Turns out it's a fucking condition. And strengthening my muscles will help with my pain a lot. So... That's a very positive thing, and I'm going to Pilates with her next week, and I'm very excited. I got toe socks and everything, because you know you got to wear those little grippy socks. So I got ones with toe cutouts. Not toe cutouts, but you know what I mean, toe socks. (sighs) This is the first time that I'm reflecting back on 2023, and I'm happy with what transpired. Like, in previous years, I would be like, oh, next year is going to be it. It's going to be fucking it. But you know what? This year was it. It probably doesn't sound like a normal response from a bitch who got married last year, had a little Minty B. That would be my rap name, Lil Minty B. I resigned from my big wall job, split with my partner, and now I'm getting divorced, which should be completed by the end of the year, fingers crossed. Not that I need this to happen quickly, but it would be nice to go into 2024 fully unencumbered. So this year has been painful and there definitely have been bouts of depression, but that's what happens when you grieve a loss. I had to grieve and honestly, I'm still kind of grieving the loss of the life I thought I was going to have. Not even that I thought was going to have, but what I had worked and shaped my life around. This time last year, I thought I was moving to Austin, Texas with my spouse and that we were going to have this new life in Austin, have a family, start businesses. I wanted to be a power fucking couple taking over the fucking world. But that's not what happened, is it? We plan and God laughs. I am proud of myself for getting me through this year. I cleaned out a storage unit. I moved like three times, had countless breakdowns, but also had countless come ups. I've gotten back up every time I've been knocked down this year, making me think that 2024 is going to be the tits. 2023 has basically been the year of the bad bitch, and I ain't talking about me. Let me tell you, from Taylor Swift to Beyonce to Barbie, the ladies have dominated this year. In fact, Taylor Swift has been named Time Magazine's Person of the Year, and people are losing their minds saying she doesn't deserve it. Taylor Swift has had the most major year. I can totally see why she was named Person of the Year. She, Beyonce, and Barbie basically saved the U.S. economy from a recession. Even though we still aren't in great shape, but still. 
And Taylor appears to be super in love. Fucking haters, man. At this point, if you're talking shit about Beyonce or Taylor or me, just kidding about me, but if you're talking shit about Beyonce and Taylor, two female performing artists who both had the year of their careers, naturally they were pitted against each other in the press, but then they both attended the premiere of each other's movies that were released and they both did incredibly well. They are literally helping people. So if you're talking shit, you're a hater. And you should look inward to see why you're really bothered. You can go in the corner, drink your big glass of haterade, and think about why these people who are doing such good in the world bother you. Because these ladies are leading by example and changing the fucking game for the better. I'll don't think it didn't cross my mind that Kanye West would make a public statement saying that Beyonce is the best person of all time. And the cherry on fucking top is a magnificent triumph by Ariana Maddox. As you well may know, Ariana Maddox was famously cheated on by her ex Tom Sandoval with her friend dubbing Scandoval. This all unraveled at the beginning of this year. Ariana took her lemons and made them into lemonade because she got multiple brand deals, attended the White House Correspondence Center, is a finalist on Dancing with the Stars, and now she will play Roxy in Chicago on motherfucking Broadway. This is how we deal with the breakup, ladies. Please take note. Everyone needs to take note from Ariana. Did y'all know that women couldn't have a bank account until 1974? <laughs> I just recently learned this fact. According to Forbes, women won the right to open a bank account in the 60s, but many but many banks refused to let women open bank accounts without a husband's signature. So Congress passed the Equal Credit Opportunity Act in 1974, granting women the right to open a bank account on their own. Um, that's kind of recent, no? So Candle Day happened, and I was kind of disappointed. First, there was a virtual line, like Taylor Swift or Beyonce concert tickets. There was a virtual line for fucking Candle Day. What really pissed me off is that the early access to Candle Day did not give the same discount during actual Candle Day. It was like a dollar less on actual Candle Day. So like, that's fucking annoying. I don't like that Bath and Body Works. I'm still going to buy your candles, probably at full price, but I don't like that. Damn, someone should compete with Bath & Body Works. They're like the only candle retailer out there. Hmm, that will be one of my future businesses. And candle day will be every day. Y'all, are fucking Krim and Croy back together? This is actually insane. I read somewhere that they got such, in such a huge fight that their child called 911. Honey, I can't keep up. And I'm about to unfollow Kim because now she's posting like super clickbait misleading things and then going like, link in bio. No, bitch. No. Bye, wig. I got rejected the other day in the weirdest way. So I bought a sewing machine and I want to start making clothes. It's what is speaking to me right now. And I have the time. So I've been looking for sewing classes or fashion classes. And I came across this place that is really close to my house. And it has a beginner program that sounded perfect for me. So I filled out a little form requesting pricing information and you had to put your age with which I thought was odd. Well, I received an email telling me that 
I am too old. What? I'm too old? Apparently the program age maximum is 21. Oh shit. Okay. On a scale of 1 to 10, how bad would it be to use my daughter's 18-year-old ID to gain admission into the sewing school? Man, I've never been denied something for being too old. Whatever. I will find someone to teach me how to sew and make a pattern. Or I'll just learn it on YouTube like a good millennial. I started watching this documentary on Netflix about Andy Warhol. It is very interesting. I didn't realize that Andy Warhol had such a persona, a commitment to his persona, that it was hard to determine what his real personality was. I also didn't realize how good he was at business. Now, there are people in the documentary who said this might be a satirical quote, but it's a quote nonetheless by Andy Warhol who said, Being good in business is the most fascinating kind of art. I thought that was pretty profound. I'm going to keep watching it. I love it. It's called the Andy Warhol Diaries, if anyone is interested. I've been really enjoying my walks in the morning. Oh, I had a neighbor who was walking his dog wave to me the other day. I was so excited and I waved back. I think it was last Saturday. I was walking and I saw a woman doing someone's hair color at 6.30 in the morning. That is a commitment. I would go to that bitch for the rest of my life. I would be loyal as fuck to anyone who is willing to come in at 6.30 in the morning on a Saturday. That type of hustle, that type of grit is impressive to me. I'm glad I enjoy walking because at this point, my morning walks are basically life-saving. And I'm not talking about my life. I was at a crosswalk the other day and it said, don't walk. And the traffic had a green light. But it was early in the morning, so there was not a lot of traffic. And there was just one car sitting at the light, and the bitch is on her cell phone. So she's not paying attention. And she doesn't see that the light is green. And there's a man on the opposite side of the street, and he sees the car parked at the intersection, and I think he just assumes that there is a red light. But there was not a red light. There was a green light. And then all of a sudden, this woman realized that she had a green light and let off her brakes and started proceeding forward. And the man starts stepping out into traffic right in front of the fucking car. And I'm across the street directly in his line of sight. And I put my hands up and I say, stop. And he sees me and he stops and he jumps back. And he was like, oh my gosh, you saved my life. It's like, and I did. I'm making a big impact on the community. I'm basically a volunteer firefighter now. This man's near brush with death brings me to my rich bitch tip of the week. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. If you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. That's from Sister Act 2, but seriously, you got to pay attention. Awareness is the first step in anything that you do. And it's so easy these days to get distracted. Well, And sometimes a distraction is necessary. But I think having a healthy awareness for what's going on around you and also how you are impacting other people's lives is really important. I think something that helps a lot is starting to become aware of what triggers you. You know that feeling when you get triggered and you go to a place of no return. 
Once you become aware of the triggers and you start noticing the triggers, then you can start evaluating why you're reacting the way you are. Because a lot of people get triggered, have big reactions, and the people who are on the receiving end of those reactions have nothing to do with the situation or person who created the trigger. And this is a quote I really like, but when you have these big reactions with people who have nothing to do with the situation that you're reacting to, you end up bleeding on people who didn't cut you. And that's not fair. There's this saying that I've always heard, and it's that you take things out on the people closest to you. And I understand that, and I have done that. But I don't think it is fair to have these kinds of reactions and take out whatever emotions you have on someone closest to you, just because they're close to you. A new year is approaching, y'all. Time to get a hold of that trauma and start healing. Um, the unfollow button is not working on Facebook. There are a few people who I wish to unfollow on Facebook and unfollowing used to be a viable option when you don't want to unfriend someone but you also don't want their shit to pop up on your feed. I've made several unfollow attempts in the past week on various people but these people keep showing up on my feed. In fact, they seem to be showing up more. I don't know what kind of sick joke Mark Zuckerberg is playing but I don't like it. Have y'all seen Pamela Anderson lately? She's attending all these fashion shows and award shows, and she is dressed so well, but she is not wearing a lick of makeup. And I kind of love it. I just feel like we've been conditioned to think that women don't ever look natural. There was a period of time last year when I felt like I had to wear makeup because I wasn't used to seeing my face without makeup. And I thought I looked so ugly without makeup because I wasn't used to seeing it. And that like fucked with my brain and the way I saw myself. So I'm feeling it, Pamela. I'm feeling it. That is it for episode 14 of The Rich Room. Text me or leave a voicemail at 504-224-9919. What do you want for Christmaca? Maybe I'll get it for you. Follow me at Lindsay underscore Sobel and also follow at The Rich Room Podcast. Leave us five stars everywhere you can. Ho, ho, ho. Use a ho. Ho, use a ho. I said that use a ho. Bye.